This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Two coaches known for their work developing youth players and getting less heralded teams to punch above their weight were appointed in respective jobs recently, which will be of interest to a sizable number of football fans in Singapore. Days after Eric Ten Hag was named the next Manchester United manager, Japanese coach Takayuki Nishigaya was appointed the new coach for the Singapore national team. Hi, my name is Azali from the Straits Times Sports Desk and with me on this episode of ST Sports Talk to discuss their appointments is my fellow sports correspondent David Lee. Hello Dave. Hi Zaz, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Lots to talk about, you know. Yep. So what was your first reaction when you heard Takayuki's name being the man? You know, like this was obviously before the official announcement was made. I know you, you heard rumours that he was going to be the man. What went through your mind? You know, to be honest, I wasn't too focused on the name itself because have we ever had a renowned national head coach from overseas? You know, who who from Singapore has heard of Radochko Avramovic or Bern Stanger before they even took over? Very few, if any. One left as the most successful coach in Singapore football history, the other not so successful. So when I first heard that Takayuki Nishigaya was on the verge of becoming our new national coach, my reaction was, it's about damn time, you know? Yeah, yeah, they certainly took their own sweet time to appoint him. But having said that, you know, you attended the, the press conference where he was officially unveiled. Uh, he wasn't there physically, he appeared virtually. Uh, what were your takeaways of, you know, first of all, um, him appearing virtually and what he said, and also uh, the answers that, that the FAS Top Brass gave on the appointment? You know, the first impression was that his English is just as halting as Tatsuma's uh, when Tatsuma took over in 2019, but at least he tried. Later on, he was more assertive when he spoke in Japanese with the help of a translator. I felt he said the right things. His mantra is aggression, progression, hard work and team spirit. But the most important thing is to play winning football. And I feel on the senior international stage, that is really all there is to it. But as of now, this is just talk and yeah, that, that's my first impression. So as you know, his appointment has been met you know, with a large amount of scepticism from local football fans. You know, what, what do you think of this? I think fans can be quite quick to comment and they do have the right to criticise and, and whatnot. Uh, some point to his lack of international experience. I feel this is a valid talking point, but it, again, it's, it's just talk. You know, you can spend millions on, on a big name and then there'll be those who ask, why have we got Max Verstappen to drive a sedan, for example? Uh, we mentioned Radi and Bern, who had creditable CVs before arriving in Singapore. One succeeded, the, the other not so. Uh, and this is football. Failure to deliver at one job doesn't make one a bad coach. And by extension, a coach who has won elsewhere may not always be successful. And if we look at the region, for the Korean who succeeded with Vietnam, there's a former Japan World Cup coach who failed with Thailand. And we have to take into context the unique Singapore ecosystem with NS, academic commitments, a small and not so high-level league, limited top-level facilities, finite budget, and, and, and so on and so forth. I said the same thing after Tatsuma was unveiled in a similarly underwhelming manner. Let's, let's not prejudge. Let the man try. And then if he doesn't succeed, it's not too late, right, to, to, to criticise then and, and change the coach and move on. This is what football is like around the world. We just have to be clear about what we want. My beef is just that they took too long and I feel they didn't give him or the team to have the best chance of qualifying for the Asian Cup. I Fingers crossed they do, but I just don't think they... You said about Yoshida's unveiling and it's, you know, you give him time and you can criticise later. Fine, there's time to criticise later. But that one or two years where, you know, if, if the move didn't work out, then, you know, it would have cost the team. And, and I think that's the issue that 
you know a lot of people are taking issue with now you know i if you remember we we had chatted about this early uh, as early as even when you know yoshida resigned if you remember i i said that i had a feeling that because of yoshida's relative success in getting you know the lions to play some decent football despite his lack of credentials uh, internationally the fas might go with the same formula a less heralded name from a known source, i.e. The, the Japan Football Association, you know, who goes about his work quietly, you know, on, on the training ground. And I also said that I feel lightning wouldn't strike twice. Ah, you know, so just because it worked with Yoshida, I'm not so sure it will work with Takayuki. So, you know, that aside, ah, what puzzles me about this appointment process, ah, and, and again, like I said, take Nishigaya out of the equation for a second, ah, is that a few weeks ago, the final three choices were Stephen Constantine, Lilim Singh and uh, Kazuaki Yoshinaga of Albrecht Niigata. What is baffling to me is how each of these coaches have very different personalities. You know, I, I spoke to Constantine for an hour the first time he de- declared an interest in the Singapore job. Uh, and he certainly comes across as a really, really strong character who will, you know, put his foot down against the FA if he, he wants a thing to be done a certain way. Lilim Singh, you know, you and I know him well from his time here. Um, as home united coach in the past and he's a, a crazy strict disciplinarian you know so he, it's a more of you know a top down thing with him and his players and yoshinaga you know he's a quiet character not exactly authoritative you know but he he demands the best out of his players so my point is that three very very different styles which makes me wonder what were fas exactly looking for you know the, it is it's strange if you are looking for a striker you want a target man you will look for a certain profile of player. You know what I mean? You don't look for three different types of striker. You don't look for three different types of centre-backs. You don't look for three different types of midfielder unless you need three different types of midfielder. So, I don't know what the FAS were doing in their search. That, that is the, the most puzzling thing to me. Yeah, maybe not defending them, but uh, maybe they were looking at various options. You brought up uh, their qualities I think Constantine perhaps had experience taking a team that was not known for football to the Asian Cup. So probably they were considering that. And then Lilim Singh and Yoshinaga probably had experience and knowledge of the Singapore context. I think what FAS were trying to explain uh, what took Nishigaya over the line was that continuity, you know, the, the Japanese way and also the recommendation uh, from the JFA technical committee. So whether or not we agree is a separate matter. I, I personally can see uh, where, where you're coming from and I think that you know, they should have, from when Tatsuma Yoshida declared his intention to step down, they should have started on the process and then identified what they want, like you rightly mentioned, and move on from there, you know, so, so that the process doesn't take, take so long. Um, when you compare to across the causeway, where Malaysia took less than three weeks to replace Tan Cheng Ho with Kim Pang On, four months or more is an eternity. I would think... Two months would be reasonable and then you give the new coach the March international window to prepare for, for the Asian Cup qualifiers. So, you know, leading right into that, the Asian Cup qualifiers in June, you know, um, when uh, Nishigaya starts in uh, uh, early May, he'll have, you know, four to six weeks to work with the players. Do you think he'll get them going in time and, and what do you think the expectations uh, are on him for those June games? The smart thing for Takayuki to do now would be not to rock the boat carry on from where Tatsuma and Nazri left off. With the limited talent pool, there's not going to be radical changes in his lineup. Hassan Ingo, Safwan, Irfan and Haris in a back three or back four. Shadan and Song in central midfield, Iksan up front. Barring any unforeseen circumstances, these seven players should start and the wide positions remain open. What I hope to see is whether he's able to 
add an element of unpredictability with clever set pieces in, in such a short time. I know I'm belaboring the point, but it's just frustrating because these Asian Cup qualifiers are so important and he has so little time to work with the team. Yeah, we, for, for, for the first time in, in quite a while, we, we've had a, a decent draw and, you know, the team is, is yeah, you know, in a, decent a, form. Exactly. Right? It's, it's uh, Kyrgyzstan, um, whom we recently played, and I don't think they are much better than us. Tajikistan, I think we are unbeaten against them. Myanmar, we, we've beaten them. And Myanmar, they have their own uh, problems back home. And, you know, in this format where it's uh, eight days or, or a week, three games instead of the usual, uh, you know, double-barrel round-robin format, it, it's just easier probability-wise to get two good results out of three matches than four good results out of six matches. So, you know, we do have a decent chance. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. And now, back to our conversation. Now, Manchester United, one of the two teams with arguably the biggest following among local football fans, Liverpool being the other, of course, named Ajax Amsterdam manager Eric Ten Hag as the man to take over from interim Ralph Rangnick at the end of the season. Dave, you're a Red Devil supporter. You know, is appointing Ten Hag the right first step to fixing United's problems? If it is true that a new broom sweeps clean, then yes, because the club have gotten really messy over the past few years. Obviously, he'll bring in some new players he wants and there's already talks of raiding his former club Ajax for players like Anthony, uh, Julian Timber and Lisandro Martinez. There are talks of a clear out and rightly so because as Jesse Lingard said, the dressing room is a disaster. I think there are players there whose heads have gone, so it would be good for all parties involved to have a fresh start. Yeah, there's been plenty of brooms uh, at Old Trafford in the last few seasons. Lah. But you mentioned the dressing room. Uh, that's obviously one of the issues. What else uh, do you think needs to be addressed at the club? You know, uh, the manager aside. You know, Ten Hag has demanded a right environment and sufficient tools to rebuild United, and that sums it all up, really. Standards have slipped in the past decade. The team haven't got an identity about them. They attack and defend too slowly. And there seems to be a toxic environment building if it isn't already there. You know, United spent around £1 billion on new players since uh, Sir Alex Ferguson retired after the 2013 season, only to become worse. That's just unacceptable when you see how teams like Man City and Liverpool have gone from strength to strength by having a clear direction and hiring the right people that fit their philosophy. I, I think these are important too. Yeah, I think that sums up why Manchester United's situation is so dire. They've spent the money. It's not like they have not. And they've brought in players on insanely huge wages. But somehow they are, you know, competing at, at mid-table or for, you know, Europa League places. Um, you know, would you have preferred uh, Pochettino or, or any other big-name manager? You know, Eric Ten Hag, obviously he's done good work at Ajax uh, over the seasons. But, you know, he's not exactly that top drawer manager yet. Uh, do you think he's a good fit? Or, or, or do you think a, a big-name manager like Pochettino or more well-known manager like him uh, would be a better pick? I, I think we have become a running joke that Old Trafford is not the theatre of dreams, but like a graveyard for good managers to become average. United have had the biggest name of them all, Jose Mourinho, as, and he delivered their last trophies. But is someone who thrives amid chaos, which he sometimes engineers the, the way uh, United want to be known for? I, I don't think so. But 
I think Ten Hag stood out because of his commitment to youth and his ability to coach an attractive attacking style of play at Ajax. His ability to improve players and track record of developing teams was also a factor. I, I noticed he's not afraid to play players out of their preferred position. Like you see uh, Tadic playing as a striker, Ziyech on the wings as a number 10 and on the right side of midfield. With an imbalanced squad like United's, uh, that could be key. As a United fan, what I really hate to admit is how likeable and pleasing to watch City and Liverpool are now. They just have the character about them which United used to have. And that just brings me back to having an identity and hopefully Ten Hag can create a positive one for United. Yeah, when you uh, recently we obviously had a couple of good matches between Liverpool and City and you can tell, you know, these two teams were on a, a completely different level from, you know, most yeah. of the rest of the... Uh, the, the that's just set for United fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. The intensity is no longer there when they face Liverpool or City. Uh, having said that, you know, I, I like the fact that initially when news was breaking, you know, a number of weeks ago that the deal to bring Ten Hag was closed, uh, it was reported suddenly that, you know, the players had actually uh, preferred... Pochettino, I, I read this in the Athletic, uh, and that they were disappointed that you know he was not the one that that was close. Uh, and I mean, I know we should take reports like this with a pinch of salt, but this squad, uh, like it or not, has developed a reputation of of being prima donnas with too much player power. So you know whatever they think should not factor in the, the decision at all. In fact, jokingly, you know, some some people have said that you know what you should ask what the squad wants and then do the opposite. You know, because you, you really need to sort of like kick them up the backside That's a bit. That's probably uh. why we are where we are. Yeah, exactly. And and even without the players' input, I think Pochettino hasn't exactly set, you know, the French league alive, even with the stars at his disposal at exactly. PSG, right? So, and you know, obviously, for all the good work that he has done at Spurs, he didn't win any single trophy. So, you know, there's almost a feeling like United would be getting a, a serial loser in a way. So, I think maybe Ten Hag could be a better fit. Um, you mentioned uh, some of Ten Hag's uh, players at Ajax, you know, who have been linked to a move to Old Trafford. Uh, who would you like to see signed uh, in the summer? Uh, I have to add, I can't care less now that you know Newcastle uh, have the finances to compete against United. So I hope the best players, you know, go to St James's Park instead. But you know, who who would you like to see United sign? I I think with possibly just uh, David here keeping his spot. United need improvement all around the pitch. Uh, the defence definitely needs an upgrade all round. United, they've been linked to Barcelona's Araujo, uh, Chelsea's Rudiger, Villarreal's Torres. Uh, for midfielders, there's West Ham's Declan Rice, Leeds United's Kevin Phillips, Leicester's Wilfred and Didi. I think all these could represent an upgrade on what we have now. Uh, I, I don't know if Ten Hag will try to revive Rashford and Greenwood for next season, but... Haaland's gone to City now, so that's a big miss. In any case, we can talk all we want about players I want to see signed. Like you mentioned, you know, the the new boys on the block with new money. I can tell you we want Harry Kane and a list of a dream first eleven. but with the team in transition now, no guarantee of Champions League football, which star player would want to go to United? In all likelihood, they will have to take a gamble with promising players like Benfica's Darwin Nunes. And even then, they may not win that race if a bigger club come in for them or, or a club with more money like Newcastle come in for, for them. And that's the painful reality which Ralph Rangnick said. Top clubs like Liverpool are six years ahead of United and they are not standing still, you know. So unless United can snap out of the vicious cycle, they risk becoming a B-list team real soon. So, so you're saying that if you could, you would sign a, a completely new 
10 out, set of I 10 outfield players. If, if Ten Hag can revive I mean, you uh, the got careers Varane, of, of you Rashford have... and, and Greenwood, I, I I think I would keep some of the attackers. You have Varane, you have Sancho. Yeah, Sancho as well. Luke Shaw has ha- Ilanga, had a good probably. early start of the season. So literally a handful of players you would keep. Yeah. I mean, that's a dream scenario. That won't happen. But it's just a handful of players I see that still has the drive. Bruno? Yeah, Bruno perhaps. You, you would keep yeah. him. Because there's obviously speculation over him as well. And, and you know, if uh, Ten Hag gets his way and signs the players that he wants, uh, that fits in, in with his style and his idea of what the club should uh, play like, what should be the target for United next season? Just a top four place, uh, top six place? You know, what, what, what should, would be a reasonable target for him in his first season? Let, let's be realistic. The, the transfer kitty, as speculated, is around 100 to 150 million pounds. That's not going to be enough to overhaul the squad in one transfer window. Uh, like ESPN wrote, it's going to be more evolution than revolution. You talk about targets and you mentioned top six. It's just said that, you know, when you mention top six and United in the same breath, that, that is just an unacceptable target for, for a club of, of United's magnitude. Uh, but sadly, uh, that's very close to the reality. Uh, if I had my way, I would just throw in the youngsters for the rest of the season just to avoid qualifying for the European competitions that are not the Champions League so that we can have the advantage of fewer fixtures against other contenders who have European exertions, especially in a season where the top footballers also play in the World Cup in December. I would be happy just to see the team show more fight and consistency. Let's get back into the top four first and build from there before we talk about challenging for the title. All right, uh... Thanks for taking the time, Dave. Let's hope the Red Devils do find a bit of their mojo back and finish high up in the table, although still below Newcastle. Fingers crossed. I, I will accept that uh, if we both make it in the top four. Alright, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Sas. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.